Hello and welcome to the unofficial unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is Cobbles Dan and with me as always to talk all things exciting and Flandrian and amazingness is Stony Sarah. <laughs> I just went for the alliteration, I'm sorry, it didn't mean to make that sound bad, I just, you know, yeah. It is, we're in this I keep thinking about how much the seasons changed and how so quickly and how unexpectedly. I didn't think that the, the ad, adding additional races would make such a difference, but it really, really has. And we're basically in the Flandrian mini-series of the Women's World Tour. And it's funny because Hentwell-Elgem, a couple of years ago, was was a race that was on at the same time as Trofeo Alfredo Binder. So all the big names were at Trofeo Binder. Mm. Not that Hent wasn't a good race, but yeah. And up to last year, Dwarsdor Vlandrian was a... Um, was was an un, was a national level race, and again, it had some really good racing, some really good riders. But but this year, it's a UCI race, so we've suddenly got within um, ten days, Dwarsdorf Landeren, which is a UCI race, Hent with Elgem, which is a World Tour race, and then the Ronde van Vlaanderen. I mean, um, it's on just, Sunday, it's just perfect. And it's I think I've talked, and with the with the addition of Ardennes week. We've suddenly got a completely transformed series, and I wonder—I'll come on to this a little bit later—but but it's it's really really interesting, and we're seeing the results of this in the race because whereas in the past all the big riders were targeting all the same races, mm. that's not the case. That's not the case this year in the classics. You know, we can't. We're not. We don't have. We're not going to have generic classics riders anymore in the same way as we used to, and. We're living history, man. We really are living yeah, women's yeah. cycling history. This is the year when everything's changed. Well, it's super exciting to me too because it's exactly as you say. It's it's that thing that this is this is one of the first you know um, tangible uh, results of growth in the sport. You know, like it, it's it's directly down to we've got more races, and so we've got more ways that they're being raced and more riders targeting different races. It's it's this is the system working. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and and we've had more talents moved around the moved around the peloton now we have we're going to talk about the problems that bowls dolmans are having this season because last year at this point um they'd they'd won after four rounds of the women's world tour they'd won all four um two by armistead and two by chantal black uh so lizzie danan i should say yep. two by chantal black um this season is very very different and while balls have still be fantastic in races it, it, you know we've, we've we're at the point where it's three world cups and only one win for so three world tours and only one win will that change after head with elgam we'll tell you everything about that <laughs> <laughs> absolutely and i mean there's no question you know in in the context of all of that though that um we're seeing the same effect. I think, you know, Bowles Dolman's season last year was just so exceptional uh, that one, it makes it seem really remarkable that they've only won one of the three World Tour races so far. But also, you know, following on from, from what we've just established, I reckon it's pretty clear that the the Bowles are really, really going to go all in on some races that are yet to come. 
Well, yes, and I keep saying this, that some people are saying, oh, well, this and this, and it's like, yeah, we literally aren't going to know whether, for example, is Mariana Voss just not at her, not not at her best because you know we we have we haven't seen much of Voss at all this season mm. or is Voss going all out for our dens week yes yes she is and this is and this is the thing you know is are how much of this is Sam Baggery and how much of this is for yeah. example uh you know well and, and also just varied training programs i mean this is the thing it doesn't even need to be sandbaggery because we haven't had this wealth and multiplicity of races before um, it, it could just be something as benign as riders on different training schedules trying to hit different peaks, and and so yeah. it plays out this way. You know, yeah. it's it's what makes yeah. it so great. And last year, it was really clear what everyone was doing because everyone was going for the Olympics. Yep. So at this point, you had riders who were um, all about proving that they deserved their Olympic slot, or going completely full on because they knew that after April they were going to turn off the, you know, they were yeah. going to turn off the racing and have a, just have a big break and then build look. up again for the Olympics. So, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So you know, it, the same thing happened with Anna van der Breger last year. You know, we talked about Anna van der Breger last year having not so good a not so good a season at this in the classics. Mm. But then she won the and, and in the Giro. But then she won the Olympic Games. Yep. You know, so it, it, it's 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 really and, and that's something that's really exciting about sport and about anything that you're commentating on is you don't know the where the, we can't really say whether this is good or bad. You know, when you're in a race and someone makes a crazy move, yeah, yeah. and you're like, oh my god, that's insane, and it works. <laughs> or exactly. or someone doesn't go with an attack and you don't and you think yeah that's really clever this attack's never going to make it and then oh my god you know hindsight yeah. is hindsight is 50-50 isn't it like we 50-50 20-20 oh my god i always get 50-50 <laughs> and 20-20 mixed up i was i was like well no it's kind of a bit more than 50-50 but yeah okay okay <laughs> Maybe they maybe they measure things differently in Britain, so you know. Well, we're going to after. Sorry, I'm looking it up today because it is it is Brexit day, and my heart is a bit broken. I was trying to avoid mentioning that, but yes. <laughs> like you see, you see other people from other countries making jokes about it. Oh, look, they've it's just like another Brexit. They've had an attack and left. No, no, no it's nothing like Brexit. Oh my God, I hate you. I'm going to go cry in my bedroom another three hours. So yeah, so. Um, yeah, let's let's leave the Brexit. You you don't mention Brexit. I won't mention Nauru. We'll all be fine. <laughs> so oh, no. um, cobbles, we're going to talk a little bit about Dwarsdorf Vlanderen. We're going to talk about Hent Wevelgem. We're going to talk about the Ronde van Vlanderen, the Tour of Flanders, which is on this Sunday, and we've got some pretty strong intimations that we're going to be able to see at least the last 35k live, even if we don't have Proximus. That is... Yeah, I mean, touch wood, pray to the cycling gods, sacrifice all the inner tubes you need to, um, because I need to see that race. So, um, yeah. But speaking of sacrificing inner tubes, we're also going to be talking about the Indian Pacific Road, Indian Pacific Wheel Race, which I'm completely obsessed by. And <laughs> also mention the Cape Epic, also mention Enduro World Series, because it is 
It's amazing, and, and yeah, um, it's another big week of cycling. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's not like we this. intend to make these things huge. It's just there's a lot going on, so you know, there is a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot going on, and and this is what we love. You know, we love this. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be fantastic, and hurrah, hurrah for cycling, um, and okay. hurrah for having a more robust season that has more strength and depth this is what we've been asking for and hoping for for years you know and and now it's now we're here you know yeah and it's honestly it's so great to see I guess starting at the top, I mean, last week when we recorded, Dwarz had actually started, so um, obviously we weren't able to give any results in the podcast, but, you know, let's uh, let's go through what happened on the day. Yeah, Dwarz Door of London, it's one of the races run by Flanders Classics, who are, um, as the name suggests, one of the biggest race organisers in the world, and Dwarz has a, a, it's a, it's actually quite short because this year one of the interesting things is that the UCI allowed has allowed races, women's races, to expand this year. Yep. So in um, from from last year, the maximum length of a World Tour race was 140 kilometres, and this year it's 160 kilometres. Now that doesn't sound like very much. But it's it it enables uh, racers to go to to go nuts. We saw in Drenthe they added you know it was the longest race that um, winner Amelie Diedrichsen had ever ridden. Yeah, and we'll see it again at the weekend with uh with 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 the Ronde van Blunderen that that they just that it just enables even having twenty k enables you to make a really super fun course. And uh, Dwarz is just gorgeous i said this last week i would swap dwarves to be the world tour race rather than the Hent just because it's it's insane it's got it's one of those typical flandrian races where you get to the point where the climbs and the um and the and the cobbles start and it's just climbs climbs cobble cobble climb climb and everything's like like under 10k until the next thing now i say this a lot but we talk about the climbs and the cobbles of flandrian races but and and the classics but it's also the very tight narrow roads with very sharp corners into the climbs for example or onto the cobble stretches and so you have to race to the climbs to the cobbles so that you're in best position for actually getting up there and then the descents are very technical too because they're on these ridges of the, the climbs the climbs will take place on these ridges so yeah it's 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 fascinating and and there's so many races go over the same hills which is you know pretty pretty awesome um yeah <laughs> it's so exciting um and you know it, it's also one of those ones that like um it's not just that the course is exciting but because flandrian racing is quite a bit like um dutch racing in not in the flatness of the terrain obviously um uh, but in that there's often elements uh, well, if the racing gets elemental, let's say it that way. It sounds better. Um, <laughs> you know, so you get lots of wind and, and you know, um, sometimes, you know, this really oppressive rain and, and things like that that can also have a big impact on the way that the race unfolds and also on exactly as you were saying in terms of the race to the start of the climb or to that really critical turn is also positioning to make sure that when you make that turn or when you crest that climb, you're in the right spot so that the impact of that wind is, is minimised or or whatever yeah yeah i mean yeah and it's i mean the weird thing is about this season it has been unseasonably nice weather 
like there's none of the rain and the howling gales and the and the frozen eyeballs and the and the snow and the sleet and the you know unusual classics weather these are like oh it's a beautiful sunny day let's go for what a perfect day for a ride (laughs) which has also transformed things so the races are longer and i do think that the fact that the races are lot races are that bit longer is one of the reasons why we've seen in the classics so far that the there's been a gap before the action starts now this is a question will women's cycling turn into men's cycling where they just have a warm-up run because if if your ride you know a race like a yeah. race that's 114 kilometers like Dwar's is different to riding a race that's you know that's going to be like a hundred and uh, you know uh like flanders yeah. which is 153 kilometers yeah oh, look my feeling on that is that a lot of that's really going to depend on on the race organizers because you know men's cycling has tended to to somewhat fetishize distance as as some sort of measure of hardness or whatever and you know the, the truth is well in my opinion anyway that quite often those super long races do just have a really boring couple of hours leading into them um yeah you know i my my general feeling for women's racing so far is that there are courses like flanders where you know that's the difference between throwing in one more iconic cobbled climb you know yeah it's literally being able to put in the when you look at the course in um in from flanders from flanders it's literally being able to add in the moor Gerardsbergen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The Kappelmoor, because the Kappelmoor is it's it's like they've added. That's where they've added yeah, the exactly. extra um, the extra twenty odd kilometers yeah. is is between the, the the normal race would have would go. When you look at the map, you're like, yeah, normally you just go from Black Earl and the sixth climb, which is the ten, ten, ten boss, and you go from ten boss straight round to the eighth climb of Potelberg. But being able to have that little bit of extra distance means that they yep. can slap in Gerardsbergen and the moor. Oh my God, they're going to be racing up the moor, Dan. Um, so yeah, so yeah, it's, so it's interesting. So it, it, you know, exactly. So for me, it, it comes down to that that sort of race by race thing, where the organisers, where they can improve their their parkour overall. Um, you know, I think I think it's fantastic, and I hope that the races that don't necessarily need to do that recognize that they don't need to do it and don't you know Mm. don't unnecessarily feel that they have to live up to oh well we've got to make it 160 now um you know but i'm also mindful of that thing that you know you you taught us several years ago um when the the um first edition of the women's tour was on in britain and and one of the things that the organizers then had to contend with was particularly for a stage race um, it it was hard for them to coordinate to make sure that they could find uh, good places to start and end each stage that stayed within the distance constraints, and that's the other reason that having a bit more flexibility in the in the uh, distance requirements from the UCI can be oh, really important. It's- it's massive. It makes a massive, 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 massive difference. I mean, 100 kilometres sounds like a lot. Well, until you look at the Indian Pacific Railways. <laughs> <laughs> now, 100 kilometres sounds like a lot, but it's so not. Anyway, so uh, Dwar's, it had lots of climbs. And unlike the other races, this the last climb was about 7k towards the end. So the first, they, they kind of start, start, rate, start, um, uh, race you know racing out um and the first half the first half of the race is flat 
uh, ton- it was it was it was windy. Hurrah! So we had echelons, we had attacks, we had um, Emily Moberg as Esther Van Vane and Sarah Penton attacking, um, getting out of break. They run into the Aldequaramont, which is the third climb, and everything's gone at that point. About twenty-seven in front, and you had this group. Um, Sorry, I don't think it was the third climb. I think it might be the first climb. The twenty, uh, the, you have you, you have Alaquaramont and Paterberg as that pair. Mm. Then they had an attack on the third climb, Vassenhol, and then you end up with like fifteen k to the finish. Um, oh, just, just so, so exciting. Yeah, and by it's... the time that that lead group had basically put two minutes on there over the chasers, so that's this is the group that's that's going to. Um, you know, our winners will come from. But there's, you know, there's a lot of racing in those 15 kilometres. In the same way that yeah. 100 kilometres isn't as long as you think, it's amazing how much racing you can pack into the final 15. Yeah. So you have, like, attack, 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 and a lot of Canyon Shram action with Hannah Barnes from Canyon Shram attacking late, attacking as the kind of late attack, mm. caught one kilometre to go, lead out trains everywhere, Lotta Lepisto from Cervelo Bigler wins. An amazing, you know, um, race to the finish, a big sprint. Um, it was really interesting to me, too, in terms of the way that the sprint went. Um, in addition to Lotta crossing the line first with a great uh, World Tour win. Um, we had... Not World Tour win. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, 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 no, great, uh, great UCI great win. Her UCI first win. UCI yes. win. Her first UCI win for the season. Not Savalo Bigler's first, first no. UCI win, because, of course, they had... Um, uh, uh, um, 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 Cecilia, Cecilia Ludwig winning the Setmana Classica Valencia, Cista Valenciana stage race, mm. but this is a different thing. Yes. Do you know, yes. it's 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 a it is a different thing to race to win a classic than it is to race that stage race. And yeah, yeah huge. And there's this great quote from uh, from from Lotta Lepisto saying about how how happy she was to win that she she'd wanted to win a classic. That was her goal, and she did. Yeah, hurrah! Yeah. It was fantastic. You know, so they don't fantastic. need to think, they don't need to think about yeah. it. You, yeah. And she gave um, a special shout out to Lisa Klein um, for for her lead out. Um, and speaking of lead outs, it was interesting to me to see Annemiek van Vleuten actually led out Gracie Elvin, um, who came in second. Who came in second, um, and um, Lisa Brunel. Lisa Brunel third. Third, yeah. With, Lisa Brunel. Yep, Lucinda Brown in fourth for Sunweb. Um, Talita de Jong. Talita de Jong fifth. Lotta Kopecky from Lotto Bellasol, who's having, who's one, who's definitely the young rider of the seat, one of the young riders of the season to watch. Romy Casper from Ale and Yannicka Ensing from Ale in seventh and eighth. Cassia Newadoma in ninth. Yeah. Cassia, you don't sprint. What the fuck? That's great. Um, and Sophie Doik from Drops in tenth. And mm. yeah, it's um, and uh, Doik and Ellen Van Dyke are two seconds. Uh, Doik and Ellen Van Dyke and Ellen are two seconds back. So it's a group of nine basically coming to the sprint together, and it's a lovely sprint. There's a tiny clip of it on uh, Focus WTB, which is on our site, ProWomenCycling.com. Indeed, indeed. And so it was a it was a nice little um, intro to this this kind of. Flandrian. Oh, done, done, done. Yes, because Kent Wevelgem is the is the was on um was the world was tour on, on Sunday. Yeah, I I mean, 
it's a it, it's kind of i know that when you start in kent except they didn't start in kent and end in weatherham then they can't get the same classics they're away from the hills however the men's kent weatherham has lots and lots of hills and climbs and the women's doesn't really does it it's not it's not the most it's not the course that i would show people to say hey everybody come and see what um belgian classics is like because it's not um it's it's not that inspiring but they ride it super well and we saw it like we saw last year and the year before um that although it's built for sprinters like the men's um like the men's yep hint is that it's uh yeah, it's it's not. It doesn't always go I mean, that way, though. It, it it can be upset. It can be it can be turned on its side. The course is depressing to me. They started out with four. Like they started in in Bozinger in Ypres near Ypres, um, and they started with four laps of the circuit, which is the same circuit that the juniors race later, and then they go round for a run out to have Kemmelberg and Monteberg at seventeen seventy four kilometers, then Bannerberg, then Kemmelberg and Monteberg. And then a 42-kilometre flat run into Wellingham. And, you know, a part of it is what it is. But it's just, it's a shame that, like, um, they started in Bozinger because that's where the juniors are racing. That's That's where the juniors are racing. And it's nice that the juniors get to ride on the same roads as the elites. However... I think it's slightly more important that they get, you know, I'd ra- I would rather have the women ride some of the strong climbs. And then you go, well, actually, chuck some of the juniors in some of the more interesting parts <laughs> of the world, too. So, yeah, so, ah, oh, hence, it's, yeah, mm. like I say, 146, so a long race. Pretty much nothing to report for the first 70K. And it's hard to tell because there's no live video whether that's because there was nothing to report or because it, the pace was super high and they were trying to get away and wouldn't and nothing worked st- yeah and i think that's how i think that's that's like my gut instincts because apparently the wind was in the wrong place for attacks right okay well you know that that can be a hallmark of of these races and it's one of those ones that ironically you know here we are discussing it and sort of going we don't know exactly what was going on and it may not have been that interesting but I can I can attest hand on a, a Bible or some other holy book that if I had live video of it I would have been fascinated. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, and yeah, it's it's I, it's yeah. it's just one of those ones where like this is this is the thing like the same telling me the same bit of information I go oh yeah okay so there wasn't there wasn't a lot there to to note or discuss. But if I had an hour of streaming of, you know, like you say, not even proper attacks because nothing actually could get away because the pace was so high, but the wind was also in the wrong place, you know, I would watch that on the edge of my seat going, will someone be able to make this work? Yeah. So So they hit, they hit the Camelberg um, and this is, so about 30, 35 kilometers, all the climbs, all the climbs are in. yeah? Yeah. So they kind of go... Um, they kind of and and there's splits and there's crashes um, on both there's so there's splits and crashes after Camelberg after Monteberg and after and after the, after the Bannerberg and you kind of it's that thing where you're sitting there watching it's all attritional so after the Bannerberg they've got 40 to 50 riders together then they've got 25 riders to go over you know by, by the time they hit the Kemmelberg yep. and you've got uh, your classic you've got like lots of riders um, uh, riders in the front you've got Elisa Longo Borghini you've got Chantal Black who won last year yep 
So they come out with 25k to go, and it's Mali Vilman from Denmark um, attacking. Uh, and Vilman, of course, came third in the Setmana Classica Valenciana. She's another Sabello Bigler rider. Yep. And you're kind of like watching it going on Twitter, and it's just bonkers because at this point she gets caught, and it's just like bang, 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 bang. Tons of sorry, I, I was asked not to bang before <laughs> because people think it might be something wrong with their car. Uh, so I apologise, Caroline. So you're sitting there like watching it, and it's like attacks on Twitter, attack, attack, attack. Like they can't even say who's in the attack because between the attacks and the breaks, there's just nothing happening. And this is like. But they're they're caught before you can even give them the numbers, which is amazing. And some of the ones that they did report, so you sit there at 15k to go, Elisa Longo-Borghini, Ellen Van Dyke, uh, Kat Garfoot, and and Christine Majerus. So, I mean, you know, that's a solid quartet. That's, That's an amazing, yeah. Yeah, but... There's also a lot of teams who weren't behind them. And then you hear about Marta Bastianelli from, uh, from Ale oh. and Alena Sierra Canyadia, a sprinter who came second in the, in the, um, trofe- in the Trofeo Binder. Yep. No, yes, in Trofeo Binder catch. And you're like, well, actually, that changes it too, because out of those four in the front, if you were, if I was Wiggle High Five, for example, and I had Elisa Longo Borghini in that front group, I'd feel pretty confident about her, you know, if I was yeah. Sunweb and had Ellen. But then you've got two splinters in Bastianelli and Arlene Sierra, and you change your mind. Exactly. So then they get caught at 15, 13k to go. And then Mayorus just gets caught and just attacks again. <laughs> like, oh, God. As you do. And it's the last 10k and it's split, it's together. And there's this one point the race Twitter says at 5k to go, it's raining attacks. Yeah. And at 4k to go, it's Yannicka Ensing and Olga Zabalinskaya go together. What? It's just, it's just like crazy. And then they're caught and you're sitting there and you know that there are riders like the pace must be this end must just have been glorious if i could just have watched this last 25k oh i wish just so be, much it would be classic women's cycling i mean not the problem is is the winds in the wrong place for these attacks to split there's an awful it's a lovely beautiful day so your kind of sprinters who are feeling good about this are feeling extra good about this yeah, yeah. but riders are attacking because they know last year and the chantal black got away solo the mm. year before flush Mackay was in a small group and attacked in like the last three kilometers or two kilometers or something and just made it home solo so it comes together it's just bonkers it's going right right up to the line and then you're like okay well it's 2k to go so i'm pretty much sure it's going to be a bunch sprint this front group has tons and tons of amazing bunch sprinters in it and yeah it's it's like you're sitting there what watching what's going to happen and it comes down to about a front group of let's say 30 at this point because behind the groups have just been splitting and going crazy yeah. all these top sprinters and it's won, and it's won by Lotta Lepisto again. It's just amazing. It's one of those ones that, like, literally, you watch the the little bit of um, amateur video and then and then see the photo of the finish. It was such a tight sprint, so close. Um, it was it was just crazy. And I mean, like you say, I just wish that we'd been able to see the last 20, 25 kilometers. I mean, this this race sounded just amazing. Oh. oh, so yeah, lot of lot of Lepisto won, edging out by maybe a tire width. Yolene millimeters Dora. of yeah. Wiggle High Five. Yeah, with Corin Rivera 
um, in third, Chris making Corrin the yeah. only rider who's been on the podium more than once in the in the four world tours. Really? Oh yeah. my god, that's amazing! I have got I have got such good stats about this. Dan Mar Sebastianelli in fourth from LA, Lisa Bellinauer in fifth again for Canyon Shram, Maria Giulia Confandonieri in sixth for um, yeah, Lens World, Alice 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 Barnes having an amazing result yeah, in seventh for drops, Elena Cecchini in ninth for Canyon Shram, Shayla Gutierrez Ruiz in tenth we for Silence, Chantal now, Black in eighth. We missed her. So oh, eighth, yes, Chantal Black. Now. Eleanor Shakini in ninth. Eleanor Shakini is the only rider who's been in the top ten of all four World Tour races. Wow. What? Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah. 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 Here's another stat. There's only been three riders who've been in the top ten of three World Tours. That's Chantal Black, Lisa Longo Borghini, and Annemiek van Vleuten. Wow. So it's and I want to just give you to compare that. So um I counted the the um the, the these these factoids. So there've been um twelve podium places out of these four yeah. riders. Yeah. Eleven riders have shared the four podiums. Yeah. No team has won more than one race. That's amazing. Now compare this to last year when Bowles Dormans had won all four of them and Megan Guarnier had also been second in Binder, so Bowles had, had five podium spots of twelve. Yeah. Of twelve well, available spots, nearly nearly half. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and so only one rider's been in the top ten of all four. Wow. I mean, this is this is what we were saying last week. You know, it's it's the other part of our enthusiasm for, like, we're talking about the at the start of this this show, um, the the growth in number of races and the different ways they're being raced and who they're being targeted by. The other thing is that this is also showing more depth and 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 spread of talent through the peloton. Yeah, and it's and it's really really fascinating because, the, as we said, this is the Cobbles mini season now. Although Dwars and Kent are important races, the other thing is, which right, pretty much everyone wants to win Flanders. Yes. Like, absolutely no question. If, if, if it's a choice of Flanders or bust, everyone's going to go for Flanders. So, because Flanders is just uh, an iconic race, just, it's so yeah. famous. It's, it's a race that, that, that riders have been growing up watching themselves. It's, it's been won in a thousand different ways. It's it's legendary. Yeah. Flanders and Roubaix are the are the kind of the the, the big mythical big mythical uh, classics. Now we don't have a women's Roubaix yet. Yet. <laughs> Done. Dot dot dot. But you know. But actually, you know, we're in a scenario where not having a women's Roubaix. Now that we've got a women's Dwarves, a women's Hent, a women's Liège, a women's uh, women's Amstel. Yep. Look at a race like Roubaix and go. Why don't we have one? Why? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, and it's and and the questions and the answer and it becomes a harder one to answer because why not? Yes. It, it's not it's not an obvious thing anymore because people who go oh well it's so hard to run a women's race and la 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 and organisers and nah, like so you in the past it used to be we used to say well you know um, flesh and Flanders could manage it. Why can't and and Noiseblad can manage it? Um, oh yes, but 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 there were more races that didn't have women's races than did. Yeah. Now this season, yeah, it there just are more. 
it just doesn't hold water anymore like it's no just, and, and yeah. yeah and races like like you like we heard the e3 Harrelbecker, which is a race known for involving women in um yeah this how did e3 Harrelbecker involve women in their men in their men's race dan oh, oh god it just i kind of want to throw up just thinking about it i mean yeah, every two it's, years, it's a race that very, years. very, we, we've a great deal of very, very, very misguided pride tried to relegate women to the role of object. Yeah, literally, women, every two years, E3 Harrowbecker had this really fun idea that their poster promoting the race is going to have a naked woman as an object. And um, it had a naked, it showed a naked woman as the course. So these little tiny bicycles were riding over a naked woman's body. And then last time it had, last time it did this, it had uh, two naked women being painted up as if they were a bicycle and another naked woman riding them. Yes. It, I mean, it's the kind of thing that, like, if you tried to write that into a, a screenplay these days, you'd be told, nah, no one would have believed that anyone would be that stupid. It's 2017. And Yeah, yeah it's yeah. just... I mean, so for e- when E3 Harold Becker is saying, yeah, we're thinking about having a women's race next year, like, that's, that's you know, like, if yeah. E3 of all races in the world can think about having a women's race, you start looking at Rubai and saying, Look, I'll be, where is it? I'll be, I'll, be, I'll be impressed if they manage to have a women's race and fix their poster problem. So... <laughs> Anyway, leaving uh, that aside, the point is, yes, we should have a women's rebate. But in the meantime, we're going to have an amazing women's Flanders. Oh, oh, let's just let's just do let's just have a quick look at did we do yeah, we went through the results, didn't we? Of of, of now I just want to say about this being um uh a uh, lot, 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 lot of Lepisto's, uh, lot, lot of Lepisto's win. She's they, uh, Cervello Bigler put up this great Twitter quote saying th- of, of Lepisto. Three weeks ago, I told Christina I want to win this race. She texted me yesterday and said, "Keep your promise." <laughs> <laughs> and she did win. It's so exciting. It's like it's it's so good. I mean, and now I want to talk a little bit before we talk about the next race uh, about the next race. Sorry about just about what it means to have uh to have these to have these 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 different these different races because we saw in world championships obviously Amelie Diedrichsen won and won Drenta. now Lotte Lepisto was third in the world championships yep. and has won um won Hentwerelgen uh we saw last season Elisa Longley-Borghini, a rider famous for letting her mind get in the way of her racing, is clearly riding on sheer joy mm. and racing her heart out for herself and for Yoni Dora, you know, yep. who came second. I think that's part. I think that's to do with getting her Olympic medal. You know, Elisa has got an Olympic bronze. Elisa yes. has got. She's. We talk about, and now she's won Strade. She came, yeah, I think yeah. that she knows, and, and she's we, reminded of who she is. Exactly. And, and we do touch on this a, a fair bit about that thing. And quite often, um, you know, I, I'm mindful of, we often mention it in terms of the juniors, you know, when the first time they go to tour worlds and, and experience, you know, getting outside of the, the national riders at their level who they know really well and sort of realizing that they can't compete at the top end of the, 
the sport. You know, once you get into the elite ranks, it, that next differentiation is these kind of races. Like you say, it's the it's the podium at the Olympics, it's the winning strade, it's 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 these extra little bits that exactly as you say remind them of who they are and who they can be and what they can do. Yeah. And it's it's really yeah. exciting to see. And I, and I mean, I feel for Bowles Dolmans because Lizzie Armit, Lizzie Danen pulled out, um, in, in, in the week before they didn't ride, uh, Dwar Vlanderen. Now, I'm a bit interested in this because Bowles Dolmans is one of the big, is, is the biggest team, right? Yep. Um, they, they're, 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 they're the biggest, they're the biggest team out, out there and they are, and they and they, and they're stacked with talent, but they didn't have. They said they didn't have enough riders to race um, uh, in to race in in, in Dwarves, So they pulled. They've got thirteen riders on their squad. Yeah. Now, yeah. so uh, Megan Guarnier's been been out with like repeated migraines. Cassia Polowska is has been out in, has been out injured. Uh, Poor Anna van der Brega has been sick throughout the season, and I don't think that she's—I don't think—I just don't think that she's she's right. And it's interesting that she keeps riding. Hmm. Um, Nikki Harris, uh, Nikki Bromea, she's a, a cyclo, you know, cyclocross rider. Um, the only I'm, I, I, Lizzie Danen's been sick, um, and 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 has been and as she you know she said her immune immune system doesn't love her anymore, so they are. They're still doing really well. Like Chantal yeah. Bluck's been in three top tens. They've still won a race, but they're not doing as well as they. Yeah, they're they're not doing as well as as they you know as they should on paper. Um, yeah, is is the thing. But you know, as you say, there's there's a whole raft of reasons, and we we are well acquainted with you know in cycling with how this can happen and how sometimes these sorts of things do seem to plague a whole team at a time. But then yeah. they also do almost inevitably come good, and then they kick off this whole string. And we saw this a couple of years ago with Bravo, where remember they um, Mariana was starting her season late that year, and Bravo's big yeah. big ambition was to win some races without Mariana there, just just to demonstrate that they really were as strong as they looked, you know, that they could. And they went for quite a long way into the season before they did win some races. But when they did, it was like opening a floodgate. You know, they won um, three or four races on the trot pretty much. And, and it is one of those things where sometimes you have to have that string of bad luck for it to turn. So Yeah. And and when you're in good form, like Lotta Lepisto, for example, won two races this week. Corinne Rivera was one last week, came third this week. Now Flanders is next week. You know, it's it's it, once you're this is that this is also one of these things about these these tight mini mini seasons. If bowls come good and get three podiums in the Ardennes and win one of them, for example, or if um, WM3 who, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's funny. It's funny because you look at these, you look at a team like WM3, um, the former Rabobank, Rabolev, mm. and you look at um, Bowles Dolmans and you're like, they're, 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 you know, they, there's, they're still doing really well. Like winning one of the four races is in one of the four world tours is fantastic. But you're comparing them to what they did in the past, you know. So and yeah. and Rabo Live always inevitably are going to be compared to the to the Mariana Voss Super Classics years, you know. So, yep. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Anyway, let's 
uh, oh, I just want to talk about the junior races. You mentioned juniors. We had the Kent Elgem is seven races in one day. Yes. Now they're not all organised by Flanders Classic. What they do is they um, link to Sasperters, who uh, um, Sasperters, who are a a they they run they run some local races. So Sasperters run the junior. I think the junior women, junior men, under 17 women and under 17 men, and they ride in Bozinger. So it was laps for the junior, for the junior nations cup rounds two, uh, one in a sprint. I really want to know what happened because Lorena Weber's who won the junior trophy Binder yep. came third. And there's a photo of her nearly coming off in the sprints in the, in the, in the cobbles. Oh, wow. And she's got a tweet saying third place. Happy. I didn't crash at the finish line. Grin. And you're like, shit. But it was won by Georgie Pfeiffer of Britain, riding for Live CC Epic Coaching, with Emma Vanden Vanden Holst from uh, Net Dutch rider from Beat It Volendam in second, and Lorena Weiders in third. Uh, Emma Norsgaard, uh, the Danish rider in a mixed team in fourth, at uh, Lonica Uniken of of Netherlands in fifth. Um, yeah, it was very very Dutch, even more Dutch with the under seventeen race. <laughs> <laughs> Dutch and Scandinavian, actually, and Belgian, uh, which was, again, it was a bunch sprint. It's won by Aline van Ruyen from from the Netherlands with Ilse Grit, also Dutch, from uh, in second, and Gloria van Mechelen from the Belgian, riding for my favourite name team in the world, the Cannibal Team. What? Oh, my God. That's a great... Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the under-17s have some fantastic names because um, uh, Micah van der Duin was in fourth and Wilma Olausen from Sweden from the Backstead Hot Chili <laughs> That is good. But, I mean, are they, are, they, are they somehow affiliated with Mercs or sponsored or, like, the Cannibal Team is... is... I have no idea. I just know it's the Cannibal Team. But I'm going wow. to be at the Energy Water next week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where, uh, where, which also has a junior race alongside the elite women, and it's it's the biggest junior stage race in the world. It's, the only um, thing that can make me happier than finding out that there's a junior team called the Cannibal Team is finding out that it's like Eddie Merckx's pet project. <laughs> you see, I wouldn't be actually be surprised because Eddie Merckx. Yeah, no, what I love about Eddie Merckx is every time. Every time Eddie, Eddie Merckx, anyone, anytime someone goes, "Who's the rider? Who's who's you these days?" and he just goes, "Mariana Voss." Yep. <laughs> And and the and the best bit is he's not wrong. <laughs> and the best bit is it's not like it's not like a subtle dig at the it's not like in some kind of subtle sexist dig at the guys these days. No, it's no. just that he, it's just Eddie Merckx is a big fan of Mariana Voss. Yeah, yeah. He, well, he's just he's just answering the question honestly. You know, that's the thing, and it's great. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway. So. <laughs> I'm going to be in Flanders at the weekend and uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it because I'm going to be in Flanders and then I'm going to be up at the Energy Water um, doing their, so doing the, doing Energy Water social media. Um, And I'm slightly excited because they're they're just lovely. And and Flanders, I just get the shivers thinking about it, Dan. It's going to be amazing. (sighs) Actually on that, have you, I'm going to, I'm just going to look up right now. Um, the forecast for Sunday. Oh, for Audenada. Yeah. Yes, I haven't yes. even thought that far ahead. Do I need to take a raincoat? Yes, it's <laughs> yes, yes, you do. Yes, you do. Oh, uh, that didn't work out quite so well. Hey, guess what? There's a Flanders in New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Look up Audenada. 
<laughs> because the race starts in, so the race starts and finishes in Aldenada. It's um, very exciting. The, the, the organisers are really happy uh, about the fact that it's they've been able to ha- they've been able to have the extra length because they've put in um, two extra climbs this year from last year, and the women go up the moor. Which I mean, it's not the only time the women go up the moor because they ride the moor. I think twice in Hwick. Um, which is a lovely race, a lovely yep. race later on in the season. But uh, it's 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 going to be crazy. The atmosphere is going to be incredible. Like it's going to be smells of sausages up every hill, uh, crazy fans absolutely everywhere, uh, screaming their heads off for the incredible racing. It's just going to be beautiful. Now you remember that last year we had a stream a live stream for the women that broke yeah which i mean it, it was one of those ones that was really really unfortunate too because um it was set up to to give us really good coverage and the stream broke and it was one of those ones that has thrown into question exactly what's going to happen this year and it's why you know like like um you were talking about last week the the importance of we want rvv live hashtag and and that sort of thing um to help put a bit of pressure on um to to just ensure that we can get some kind of coverage because it would be a disaster uh for us to have had that stream set up and then basically have the race organizers give up so, yeah. yeah. Now we know that they're going to show us on Proximus, yes. uh, the Belgian pay-to-view TV. Um, today they're going to announce what happens with the women. What I've heard, do not trust, do not take this as a hundred percent until you've seen it officially from the race organisers. And hopefully, by the time you've seen this, you know what's happening. But what I've heard is it's going to be the last thirty-five kilometres of the women's race, commentated in English. Um, yeah. In, awesome in live yeah. and oh that'll be i mean that's what i need i mean obviously ideally i need the whole race because it's flanders but yes i i mean that was my thing because when we when we got the announcement that it was going to be on proximus that's great but you know like uh, while i can work my way around that and probably have made sure i saw it anyway it's just nicer when it's easier Okay. Yeah, it is. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and there will be dodgy streams on the dodgy stream site, and we'll put up a link on prowomenscycling.com uh, when for how for how you can watch it. Uh, let's preview it, Dan. All right. Well, tell us about the course. So we've got um, 153 kilometers um, long. Yeah, and there's there's quite a lot in it. One of the interesting things is that um, obviously it's it's a Flandrian classic, so there are two things that you know: painful climbs and cobbles. And yeah, so <sighs> we've actually got three cobbled sections before we get to our first, you know, noted climb of the race. Yeah, uh, I'm really I like this course, man. I mean, mm. the, the, one of the problems you get with the courses is the start and finish points um they've chosen they've chosen alnada as uh, as the start and finish course point for i can't remember how many how many years they're doing it now there are a lot of climbs around alnada but we don't so we um, and there's a lot of climbs that we don't get to go on 
which yep. is kind of, you know, you sit there going, oh, you know, I really want them to go up the Koppenberg, but they don't, the women don't go up the Koppenberg. So they start off, yeah, the first set of of, of, of cobbles is Langamunta at 16K, and then the Lippenhovestrat at uh, 36k and a Paderstrat. Oh, at 38, you know. And this is the other thing that tends to happen in these types of races, and especially in Flanders, is um, while you've got those those coming, you know, in the earlier section of the race, the intensity ramps up, so you start to get more climbs, more cobbled sections coming closer and closer together, um, and then yeah. you get a and it's tiny hit, bit of respite, hit, and then hit, it, hit. exactly, it's one punch after the other. And one yeah. of the reasons that that I love this race so much is that it, it's that style of course that lends itself to really exciting racing and then when you add to that the by default attacking nature of women's racing anyway I mean this is just excitement in a bottle yeah and they're bad I mean the cobbles are like the, the um, Lippenhovenstraat Lippen is 1300 meters long and Paderstraat is one and a half k so you know and the thing is is it's also it's not about not just about riding well it's about avoiding bad luck because if you're chasing if you if you're stuck on the Lippenhovenstraat and you're damn you've got to wait and some you know and then you've got to fight through the kind of back of the bunch and mm. then you've got to fight back but you know that other riders are attacking on the Paderstraat because then they have like one of the rare flat sections after they have like they have unnamed climbs rolling hills but they have a little flat section between around about let's say kilometer um, when they hit or Aldenada again about kilometer let's say 45 42 yeah, all the way yep. all the way to the first climb which is just outside Aldenada again they, they go through Aldenada twice if you're I've got it such a beautiful one for spectators there's Achterberg at 56k Eichenberg at 63k Wolfenberg at 66k Leiberg at 75k uh sorry between well, Wolfenberg and Leiberg um, there's there's the, there's, there's the Hollowog hollow, hollow, and the Haarhook uh, section at seven at sixty six and seventy two, Leiberg at seventy five, Berendries at seventy nine, Ten Boss at eighty four. Then they have a rare break of ten k. Yeah, yeah. A, a brief ten k in which there's a climb that you know is is not significant enough to be noted. But when you look at the profile, it looks harder than Ten Boss. It's, 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 it's still going to hurt. Yeah. Yeah. And then, but then, and <gasps> then. At um at ninety the ninety second kilometer we arrive at the moor. Oh, the, and this is the Capel Moor. It's got the little chapel on top of the race. It's mm. uh, on top of on the top of the. Uh, it's um, legit one of the holy places of international cycling. Like it's just it just is amazing that they get to ride up there. It means so much. And then after the moor, they have a steep descent off the moor, of course. And then we have a another another break, Dan. Yeah, another <laughs> another, another, another relaxing another time. rest where they've thrown in this what like the third highest climb, but not notable Nine. enough to be to be mentioned individually. They've got, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they've got uh, like twenty. They've got like nineteen k of flat in inverted hmm. commas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> And then we have Pottlerberg at 113, Canarieberg at 118, um, another break of nine uh, for the for Kreuzberg, uh, for Kreuzberg, aka Hotond at 127, Alder and then you have the Alder Quaramont hit, so another 10k break, Alder and Paterberg, who come together in 3k. 
then it's then they kind of go and hit Kirkhover and have a flat sort run in ten k ish run into into the finish in Aldenada again. Yeah, yeah, and flat thirty along the valley. Yeah. Now, just because it's flat doesn't mean there's not going to be killer attacks. If anyone, oh god, all those years where yeah. you see uh, Ellen Van Dyke when she won, just uh, I think she went on the Canalierberg yep. when. When when um, Elisa Longo Borghini went one and she attacked too early and yeah, had a thirty five k run by herself, but it's a long flat road and it's helpful for the t- riders behind them because they because it's so long and flat they can see where the rider is mm, ahead to mm. chase and it makes that so chase, it makes that chase so much easier to measure and and calculate when you're not relying on sporadic reports coming through on race radio or, or wherever yeah, else. Yeah, because you can literally see where they are. You know, you yep. can literally see, where they, literally see where they are. But if you're an amazing time trialist like Longo Borghini or Alan Van Dyke, you can, so, you can, you can, just, you can just, like, you know. You can also measure your effort. Exactly. Yeah, and, and, that's and, it's the... win- and if it's windy, it's tough. And if exactly. it's not windy, it's tough. And... Yep, yep. There's no, there's no easy way to do it. But it's also super interesting because, like you say, in the early parts of the race, there are so many places on that course where positioning coming into a turn or getting to the bottom of a climb early is going to make the difference between staying with the lead group or getting caught in a gap that's not your fault like it's not your mistake that gets it there except that it was your mistake for not being in that front group and you know that's that's going to be the story of this race the conventional wisdom is that the real real inverted commas race kicks off around the Canariaberg um but you know it, it honestly is one of those ones and particularly when you throw in the extra distance this year that yeah. I, I honestly think we could see this really start to turn into something, um, you know, a little earlier than that. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, the thing about conventional wisdom is if everyone, you know, is, is yeah. it, oh, well, you know. If, if everyone uh, knows it, it's easy to upset, you know. Yeah, and, and it's also one of those things where you don't, you can't, I mean, do you remember, do you remember when uh, the Emma Johansson interview about when uh, I think it was the, the year that, uh, that Longo Borghini won? And she said that, or 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 Ellen Van Dyke, where she said that she had she felt like she had chased down so many attacks that it was she wanted to have someone else take their turn to chase it, and that yeah. meant that they were gone. Yeah, yeah. Because conventional wisdom says that Ellen Van Dyke, when she won in, oh, I want to say two thousand and fourteen, but it could be, I could be, I could be wrong. But you know, conventional wisdom says that Ellen Van Dyke can attack on the Canariaberg for sure, but she's going to get caught yep. on the traditional, on the on that traditional, on the traditional double of Aldequaramont and Paterberg. Exactly. But she wasn't. And she wasn't. And and the thing is, because as you say, conventional wisdom works both ways. It means that the the group know that they're supposed to catch her by then, but she also knows that she's supposed to be caught by then. And so for her, it becomes a two-part race. All she has to do is be ahead of that curve by the time they get over there, and then the rest of it's a time trial. And it's also politics behind, isn't yep. it? Like, if you have... If you have riders who are who are doing that, well, I'm not chasing. You've got all the numbers behind you. Yep. It's it's and, and, and it doesn't always in, it doesn't always end solo. Last year it ended with uh, Lizzie Danen out sprinting Johansson on the line. Yes. Now yeah. I am going to miss Emma Johansson Strasser because 
um it's it's not because normally emma Johansson, you know emma johansson is it's her home it's her home race and they've ridden down her home street yes. which is decked out in in uh in in swedish flags and i think and that's that's a shame to me that we're going to miss you know it, it's sad yeah. it's sad that we miss like as riders change and retire you end up with like you know it's been like with cyclocross without sven nace you know you you have to find you have to wait for the new myths to come up but this year like this is the first this is the first year of so much like everything's and, and so, so much many is changing already happened this season exactly so much is changing so much is still unknown you know and we're looking at at some writers and some teams you know like we've talked already tonight about bowls and um and what's going on with them there's there's all sorts of stories that are just waiting to be told it's just a question of yeah. which one comes true which one's the, yeah, and, which one's the triumph and which one's the tragedy yeah and you look at teams like for example um we saw canyon shram being super active in um Landren, like really really being a team that made you know being a team that made that race exciting with the, they had the numbers they just couldn't pull off the win you know yep. they ended up with a podium and they haven't had a big classic they haven't had a classics win WM3, they had Cassian uh, uh, Uedoma being so exciting um, and, you know, on, in, in, in Strade Bianchi um, ending up on the podium, but they haven't had a, you know, coming second behind Elisa Longo-Borghini, but they haven't had a win this, this season. Um, Orica Scott, who have attacked and attacked and attacked and attacked, and we, you know, they've been, they've taken over the role that Rabo Liv played last yeah. season. Yeah. Like last season, Rabo Liv was the and, and the season before Rabo Liv with a team that attacked and really made the races super fun to watch, but they couldn't pull it off into a win. Yeah. Now Oracle Scott are the same. You know they're they're working really hard on their leadouts. They're working really hard to attack. They're really working really hard to chase well, down. And, but and they can't also, transform it yet. I I get the sense though. I like I really do get the feeling. And you know um we all know I've I've had my criticisms of the way Oracle race at times. Um, but I really get the sense this season that they're actually on the verge of, of having that sort of iconic win that they're clearly pushing really hard for. Um, yeah, and, and then, yeah, and all the young team, all the teams we don't expect to mm. win. Like, I would never have expected Alena Sierra Canadia to, to yeah. come second in, in Binda. Like, I mean, I'm, I think she's a great rider who's developing really sure. well. But, yeah, but to but, hit that point I would this not... early, exactly. Yeah, and in that race... You know, I wouldn't have expected it. I would. Mm. I didn't expect Corin Rivera to win. To win, I would never yeah, ever yeah. have expected Corin Rivera to win Binder, partly because she's a sprinter. But you know, Corin Rivera is doing that thing that Leah Kirkman did last year of a North American rider committing full time to Europe and yep. her racing improving as a result of it. You yeah, know, yeah. Um, and and that's exciting it, to see too because you know that's the other part of the growth story of the sport too is watching these riders from further afield really start to to find their place in in the elite racing in Europe. Yeah, I mean, look how international though. Look, look how international mm. these podiums are. When Binda, <coughs> sorry, when Binda has you know a, a North American rider um, a, a winning a, Cub- a Cubana. Uh, coming, uh, coming, coming second. You know, like that's that's really that's really really fantastic. It's not mm. you know, a Danish rider winning a Danish rider winning, winning Drenta. We're not in the same. Uh, it's it's not as Europe. It's not as solidly no. European. We're not in Kansas you know, anymore, Toto. But yeah, oddly enough, you know, there are also, more Kansasians in the peloton or something. Kansas. I don't know how that works. 
<laughs> yeah, Kansasians, I decided, is their thing. Yeah, but, yeah. but, you know, American, an American, a Cuban, and a, and a Dane, and a Dane yeah. on the Trofeo Independent Podium. Not bad. So, okay, all of this said, we've got an amazing course. We've got a longer course than we've had previously. We've got, you know, some really exciting things to consider. Who are the riders to watch out for? Oh, I don't know. The rider I want to interview about this race, and, and it's not going to happen because, yeah. of, because of um, travelling and stuff, is Ellen Van Dyke. Okay, yep. Now, and, and that's like my gut reaction is Ellen Van Dyke. Um, I also want, I'm also, Yolene Dora is flying and just, uh, it's her home. She really, it's her, it's, she's, she's able to close. She's been so, so close. I, you know, Yolene Dora and Elisa Longo Borghini as well. I mean, you know, I wouldn't put it past Elisa the way she's going to attack, to attack solo and win either. Well, I think, I Uh, think those two actually give a great one, two punch for Wiggle to play different cards and and cover a lot of options as the race well, I remember unfolds, they were so. one and two they were one and two when Elisa won yeah, a couple yeah, of years exactly. ago so, yeah. um yeah. I I uh who else obviously Lotta Lepisto obviously Corinne Rivera yep. Sunweb also have Lucinda Brand yep. who is amazingly technical and I can see Brand escaping on some of those hills and and doing it I would love to see Eleanor Cicchini yeah. win oh. but I don't you know I don't, I, I don't it's an outside chance but boy would it be exciting yeah, exactly. Outside yeah. chance. Then you've got all the riders, all the, all the, you know. But do we want? Like, Anna, you know, do you like. Think, do you like, think Anna Meek's a realistic shot with with how Orica are going? Anna Meek's won before. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, you know, just given all the work that Orica's doing and stuff, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. I think, I, I, it's not. It's like there's a hundred riders who could win this. You know, there's no one rider who's super dominant at this at this point. Like this yeah. time last year, Lizzie Danen was a really bloody good bet because she'd won. Yeah, on yeah, the exactly. She'd won so much. She'd won. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but I would love. You know, I would. I, there's so many riders I want to win. Like my heart wants everyone to everyone to do well i mean i'd love to see uh I'd, I'd love to see a rider from a team who hasn't won one what hasn't won one yet you know for example i I'm, of course i'd love to see Voss win it because i always love to see Voss or cassie and Uadoma. although yeah. i'd really give them one of the ardennes each i think if i was if i in was your, really in your ide- it, ideal season your your scripted yeah. season yeah my scripted season um <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, it's just it's, it's it's extraordinary and I'm. I, I don't know. I, I literally. I literally. I okay. can't. Well, no, that's that's fair enough. I mean, you can't always. But all right, for those of you playing along at home, though, feel free to hit us on the blog. ProWomenCycling.com. Thank you. Um, and and tell us who you think or who you wish would be victorious on Sunday. Or, um, of course, you can you can hit us tell up us on, on Twitter, Twitter, where Sarah is at PWCycling. Yep. And I am at Dan W Official uh, because this is going to be a really, really exciting race. And as Sarah says, there are so many riders who who really could be in there with a great shot. I mean, you know, similar to what you said. Look, my heart, my secret, you well, about to not be secret. Hope, you know, the the rider that I I kind of just really want to see win is Yolene Dora. I just I want I want her to oh, win this race. It would make I me would, so I, happy. But similarly. I, I, Eleanor Cicchini wins. I'm going to be over the moon. That's going to be an amazing result if it happens. You I, know? I have loved the combination of Ellen Van Dyke and Elisa Longo-Borghini attacking throughout all the classes mm. continually right from the start. Um, 
And we said last week, Jens describes Ellen Van Dyke as the queen maker. Yep. And I want to see, I would love, I, so I'd love to see that being rewarded. But the only team we know in full who's going, this is this is Sunweb's team at the moment. Lucinda Brand, Lea Kirkman, Flutie Mackay, Corin Rivera, Rosanna Slick, and Ellen Van Dyke. <laughs> oh, oh, so should anyone else bother sending a team? <laughs> I mean, I, holy I admit, shit. I, I mean, there's five riders there, I think, could win this race. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. Wow. It's going to be, I'm I'm really, really, I mean, I know we always say this, and it is Flanders, so there's a certain amount of it that is just, it's Flanders. But I'm so excited for Sunday. It's going to be amazing. But you know what else I have been excited about? Go on. Tubes. I know it's not something what, that you okay, ever. What time expect. is it in Australia right now? It is ten twenty-five p.m. right now on a so, Wednesday so, night. So, so, so the India Pacific Wheel Race riders are still riding. Let us just go and have a look at what they're doing right now. right now. Right now. Oh, oh, well. oh! Sarah Hammond's pulled away from Kai Adel. Yeah, and um, oh my God, Michael where's, where's and Christoph. Christoph and they are neck and neck again. So this and they've was... really pulled away from Sarah. They have, but see, I have to assume that that's Sarah having a rest at some point in the evening. That, that's my guess, is that she pulled over and let, had a bit of a sleep. Let's have a look. No, she, she, yeah, she's going at 11 kilometers per hour from the last, um, on a gradient of 6.9%. Yeah. So we're talking the Indian Pacific Real Race, which is, how, how far is it? I, it's it's 5,481 uh, kilometers, I think it is, from memory. It's a solo. It's a solo ride, completely self-supported. So you can stay in like the, the rules are on these 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 ultra endurance races that you can stay in a hotel or in somewhere that anyone can use. Yeah, like yeah. a campsite and stuff like that. But but often they just bivy by the side of the road. Um, but it's self-supported, so you've got to take all your own gear and and stuff. Like if you have a, a major mechanical fault, you're allowed. You obviously go to a bike shop and get parts and stuff. But you know you've got to look after yourself. You've got to fix your own flats. You don't have a team riding with you who do wheel changes for you you know you've got to replace your tube or you know if your poor juju um who got sick last week and so decided that she'd start again in the spirit of a and just do it yeah she's not in the race anymore she's just doing it as an itt yeah um juliana boring uh juju so see this is the thing is you know you end up like knowing these riders by their first names don't you yeah and, like and their nicknames. their mike they're, 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 they're mike yeah. and their christoph and their sarah yeah. and their rhino and their yeah. juju <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because it's jp you know like and, i love and, that, and it's i love that i love that julianne is actually juju on the official tracker now too <laughs> Yeah, and Shell, uh, Michelle is Shell, the Dark Knights, tracking yeah. Jack, and uh, so it's so. Yeah. So basically, you're, you're, just, you're tracking on this this live GPS based tracker um, across the map. It's a huge race now. The to give you a, some sense of the scope of it, I mean, the distance by the numbers is huge. I mean, bear in mind, like that's that's basically one and a half times a men's grand tour race in terms of distance um yeah it's day 11 no sorry today is day 12 of the race and the three leaders are mike hall christoph um, alligate and sarah hammond and now mike 
Mike overtook Christoph today. Yeah, but it looks like Christoph is caught back up and they're neck and neck again, which is interesting. I think Christoph might actually be slightly ahead at the moment too. No, no, Christoph. Oh, sorry. Let's let's just refresh then because Christoph is a little bit behind Mike on the tracker on my. Well, you, how oh, okay. you watch these races is you watch them. You dot watch. You watch them on GPS on a live map. Um, I've been really enjoying people's setups. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People have been right. tweeting Sarah their screen setups. So, no, 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 they've not been tweeting me. They've been tweeting on the hashtag, the screen oh, well. setup. I just really enjoy them. Um, it's it's lunar, it's lunacy. This race, it's complete. It's complete. I mean, ultra endurance. The adventure syndicate women have completely transformed my idea of of yeah. a race because you know if you're going from Wales to Oxford, you just cycle down, man. <laughs> you know, like. Oh, so, London towards you just cycle there, and this is just extraordinary. Yeah. Like it's it's, so my but also there. Sorry, I was just gonna say my tracker currently has Christoph somewhere around one and a half to two kilometers ahead of Mike, so <gasps> he's passed him back again this evening. But most importantly for our Where conversation right now is that Sarah is coming third overall, and she is, um, ooh, what she's about two hundred and. Uh, 240 kilometers behind the two of them. Oh, she's, now, she was only she was like a hundred behind Mike yesterday. But yeah. but I think but, the thing is, this one of these mind, things. Though, this is this is this is they've been riding for 12 days. They have each ridden. So Sarah has ridden at the moment 4,475 kilometers in 12 days. Bear that in mind the next time you watch a men's grand tour and they take a rest day. <laughs> They're in the Australian Alps at the moment. <laughs> we don't. We don't have fucking Alps. <laughs> we don't call them that. I mean, we do technically call them the Snowy Mountains because there's like maybe three days a year where snow actually falls on parts of them. So you know, and but they we, do have what then the we fuck bulldoze corner? it all together, and then we make a ski slope out of it. It's great. Yeah, they they, they do have they do have what the fuck corner. <laughs> yeah, it's Australia. <laughs> They're ten minutes apart, Mike and Christoph. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, this is this is a great and exciting race. One of the things that um, I'm, well, we're both really enjoying about it is they've got lots of great social media. There's the hashtag on Twitter. Um, They're publishing pretty much daily um, race videos that are are just like quick snapshots of of um, you know interviews on the bike with each rider as they're going and stuff. Um, some riders themselves are, are posting things when they stop for a meal break or whatever. You know, it's 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 a lot of fun and it's been really nice too to see people coming out roadside um, to lend support, cheer as they go past, or or you know um, go for a little bit of a ride with um, some of them and that sort of thing. Uh, Bridie O'Donnell uh, was on a, a small group ride this morning with. Um, Oh, I think it was Jackie Bernardi that um, that she and a, a small bunch of people rode with for a while through Melbourne. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's. I mean, what's been really lovely. The thing I am quite enjoying. Um, uh, uh, the thing I'm quite enjoying about it is they is is they like you said, people keep turning up to ride with them, which apparently is unusual for ultra endurance racers because um, you don't, you just don't, it just doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. But because they're going for, you know, like ridiculous amounts of time Mm. in in completely 
uninhabited random bits of australia where the only people who are passing you are evil cars who want to knock you off your bikes and one of the poor riders she got knocked off by a kangaroo um yeah that that look kangaroos are evil bastards i keep trying to tell everyone but they don't believe us like this is australia we don't have friendly animals that's just the thing you know like... yeah i mean so so if you look on the ip ipwr hashtag now it's all jokes about a thousand kilometer sprints to the finish which Mike and Christoph. which which is it's funny because it's true like this is the crazy thing so roughly speaking if they keep up the current pace they should be arriving at the finish line in sydney sometime this weekend probably yeah, and then there's all these jokes about what happens if they finish neck and neck. Yeah, do they just do they just carry on going? Do they keep cares? going until one stops? Like, yeah, it, how does this work? So, yeah, it's, it's going and to I be don't really think there's any prize money either. No, it's no, no, like, it's how's... it's purely bragging rights. Um, so going back to my original joke then about tubes. So Juju oh. is, is started the race again, left Fremantle riding her own she gets halfway across the west australian desert and she's had so many punctures she's run out of tubes she's taken to stuffing her tires with towels is how bad and she's and, and and that's on that bloody awful road isn't it it's 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 crossing the western it's it's the eastern part of Western Australia, which is all desert. It's flat. It's like huge sections of straight road. And the longest section not... of straight road in Australia is there. You know, stuff like that. And and it's just miserable. And there's Water. nothing around. There's nothing around. Yeah. yeah it's... So, if, so, if, so the thing is, is it's, it's a horrible, horrible, hellish section that everyone hates. But if Juliana Buring runs out of water, run out of water across that bit, that's basically game over for her life. It's, you it's know? all sorts of trouble. And that's before you account for the kangaroos. So, you know, it's, it's uh, pretty wild. But then in happy news, a couple of um, truck driver friends that she'd made, I think from last week actually yeah were so coming back. she met on the road going what the fuck are you doing <laughs> have because juliana so juliana could have started juliana Buring could have started where she left where she had to pull out she had to pull out because she was very sick she was having yep. allergic reactions to some to some drugs she was taking and she was very sick and um i mean juliana Buring is an extraordinary person you should definitely read her book about becoming the woman who she she was the first woman to set the world record for riding across the globe there's a there's a specific specific thing but but her life has been just weird and extraordinary and um when you know about her just look her up because when you know about her story crossing the desert on a on on tire stuff with with tube with 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 towels is just nothing compared to the things this woman's overcome in her life it's just um, one of the very few people in the world where you can you can read that and then go oh yeah that makes sense yeah. yeah um she, she she grew up in a cult and just yeah um yep. she's, she's written a book about that and she's written a book about her cycling um and it's just yeah so for juliana Buring, um crossing crossing oh no i've um i've run out of tubes so i i guess i can just i can stop until someone comes to rescue me or i can cross the desert with my tires stuffed with towels it's just like it's just another day it's just another day of the week isn't it like yeah you know it is but then i have to admit a certain amount of aussie pride when when these truckies turn up with some tubes for her um and and i can't remember the exact wording in the tweet but um 
she said something about you know in in her post actually it might have been an instagram post um about it and she's like so far australians are the best kind of crazy i've met (laughs) (laughs) and she's met a lot of crazy she's met a lot of kinds of crazy so she would know yeah yeah (laughs) so yeah so um uh, fuck knows what's going to happen sarah sarah hammond is the is is not only best woman she's best australian mm. if kai overtakes her i'm probably going to cry you know like yeah. i'm sure kai's i'm sure kai's a lovely guy but no i want sarah to finish third um there was I, I, awesome... I honestly i mean it's 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 one of those really interesting things too because um it, it's been fascinating to see the response to to um sarah not just not just as you say as the as the lead woman but being so competitive and the the guys not in a um you know like when you were talking about eddie Merckx, not in a uh, sexist or or talking down way at all have just been so genuinely excited um the one of the one of the videos uh the daily synopsis videos from a couple of days ago had mike hall literally talking about how he felt like he'd come into the race and not actually been on the best form he didn't feel like he'd prepped properly and um and wasn't feeling great and he was talking about you know just waiting to be caught by sarah but how cool it would be if that happened you know yeah i mean and the thing is 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 so they basically they decide in this kind of race you decide as a rider when you stop whether to stop um how you know when you stop how to stop uh when to keep riding and it's bonkers. Um, basically, I think Mike and Christoph were going at the same speed, but Mike Hall, but Christoph was taking less breaks. Then, yeah. obviously, that's blown up in his face because because Mike passed he's, him and, and he, you know, fell behind a bit. Yeah, but there's a thousand k to ride. You know, like oh, God, it's oh, I've just had an update come through too. Oh my God, Mike's now four k in front of Christoph, according to. <sighs> Oh, that must—I mean, that must feel great for Mike, but yeah. Mike, it's terrible for Christoph. But anything but, can happen. But and this is what happens was, when you watch a dot race, like the dots yeah. move, and you're like, "Oh wow!" <laughs> and so, so Sarah Hammond was came into Melbourne um, two two nights ago yeah. after midnight, and she was met by two hundred people on the Bully Bully on the Boulevard. Yeah, the the Bully—I don't even know what it's, that is. It's the Boulevard, but, I, but it's called the Bully locally. So she had this amazing interview. Now, bear in mind, she's massively sleep deprived as fuck. She's risen an unfeasible amount of kilometers that day and she gets in. And and it's been quite interesting because they have had to put some slightly polite ways of saying, hey, guys, don't hassle the riders too much because everyone's really excited about seeing them and meeting them. But they're not. But she had this story. This is the Sarah Hammond story that I love. So she's saying she's riding along and she's feeling really tired. It's late at night. And some guys leap out of her from a bush wearing Jason masks and waving fake me- fake weapons. From the Friday the 13th movie, if you don't know it, it's like the plain white face mask. And traditionally, he carries a large knife. I don't know if they had them or... They had fake large knives. Yeah. And yeah. Sarah thinks that they're fans of the race who've come to see her so she's like oh hi guys in costumes just bear in mind australians are the best kind of crazies <laughs> and, and they're like race what race and she's like oh yeah i'm doing this race i've ridden from Fremantle." and they're like what the fuck and she's like i know and they're like oh shit sorry we didn't read no 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 i was feeling quite tired and you wake you've definitely woken me up <laughs> 
Anyway, I mean, it, look, it, it's it's a, like all these ultra endurance races. This is crazy and it's fun. So check you it have out. to watch. Yeah. You have to watch the Tinter, uh, the the, the um, Periscope video of Sarah yeah. talking. She's just got. I don't know. I was saying to Dan, I don't know how much this is just standard Australian, but it, she's like every stereotype of a laid back Aussie you can possibly <laughs> imagine while also doing ultra beast mode things. And so it's like, and she is so, she's got this amazingly gorgeous drawl and she's just, you know, and she's knackered and she's not really making much sense and she's hilarious and she's answering the questions. And then she says, are you going to try and chase down Christoph and Mike? And she's like, nah, I think, I think, I think they're going to kill each other. Yeah, I'll just like, wait, I'll I think, just wait I for think, them to wipe each other out. Yeah. I just, I just wait. They're just going to kill each other. They'll die. I'll just cruise past them. <laughs> but there's no way I'm going to try and catch them because I'm not crazy. And yeah, yeah. so um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not crazy <laughs> as I ride five and a half thousand kilometers. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, it's uh, awesome. Yeah, but it's also not the only other race that's been going on this week. We also had some um, enduro mountain biking. Yeah, we had enduro. We had the first round of the enduro World Series in Rotorua. Rotorua, I can never say it. No, no, it's um, Rot- Rotorua. Rotorua and uh, won by um, won by Cecilia Ravenel. Cecilia Ravenel. Um, there's some lovely, lovely media. I mean, it's all beautiful Australian forests with tree ferns and, uh, and New Zealand forests. New Zealand forests. Sorry, oh god, that's bad. Uh, in New Zealand and and yeah it's 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 kind of it's kind of mad oh I just want to say about the Indian Pacific wheel race while we talk about Christoph and Mike and and Sarah Hammond the rest of them are all also amazing and what's super exciting and super lovely to see is that like you said it's not just um it's not just people turning out to see Sarah or turning out to see Mike but it's turning out to see um, other people. Now, Juliana Burring, we talked about her restarting, yeah? Yep. yep. And you look at where she is, she's overtaken people. Yeah. Riding on... Like she's, riding on... She, she had to stop, she had to restart, and she is already back into South Australia. So she's... she's... Yeah, most of them haven't even hit Melbourne yet. Yeah, yeah. Like... Um, but, you know, Lockie Kavanagh, 18 years old, the youngest rider, when he signed up, he'd never ride, ridden a bike properly before. He just thought it sounded like a cool thing to do after his exams. Yeah. <laughs> Bet he's regretting that choice. Um, so, so <laughs> usually, usually here they go to the Gold Coast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It's, it's, it's bonkers so they've got to go through Canberra I'm trying to, to get Dan to turn out when they arrive outside the um, Sydney Opera House well, I like want I, Dan like to I be say, there the hard part is to know exactly when they're going to arrive so I'll be I mean, I'm keeping an eye on it but I'll be trying I think you need to develop a migraine that day at work slash get up <laughs> in the morning unfortunately that is actually just my day at work and they know that now so yeah, I can't believe someone just tweeted that it, this race is going to come down to who can get through the traffic lights in Sydney better. <laughs> it's actually probably true. It's frightening. Oh, so, God. Yeah. And then there's like a stack of people behind um, behind Sarah. Like yeah. there's there's like there's there's Kai and then there's like five people. Um, Jackie Bernardi, I think, is second woman. Um, yeah, there's there's. Uh, 
Oh, anyway, if you're anywhere, if you're in, if you're in Canberra or between Canberra and uh, Sydney, please, please go yeah. out and see them. Well, um, exactly. Like, there's there's plenty of major towns. There's lots of small towns as well, and you can check the route out in detail and the links on on our site. But um, they'll be passing through Canberra, Goulburn, Wollongong, and Sydney to get to the finish. So if you if you're on the east coast of New South Wales um, slash ACT, odds are really good that you'll be close enough to see them so well you know close in australian terms because why the fuck not right six thousand yeah yeah exactly i mean here we oh have a we have a technical God. term for it here it's called going out to get some milk so <laughs> oh yeah so um yeah so dan is really pissed off with me because i keep mentioning that um uh, that uh, that how 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 I, he always wipes can't get to Melbourne. I object to this. I have I'm never pissed off with you. You're beyond reproach and and perfect and and they're stuff. coming. They're coming. They're, they're literally coming right near your house. Yeah, but I'll probably. My point is, I might well be at work that day. So anyway. Just uh, deal with deal with the uncertainty, Sarah. Learn to live. Oh God, learn please. to live with the uncertainty. Oh. If, if you can, I, I'm just looking at this in relation to where you live and thinking that you can drive down, you can drive down on your motorbike and see them like... And, you and, seem to think and... I have an infinite amount of, of spare time. Anyway, we're way off topic for a podcast about women's professional cycling and we still haven't talked about the Enduro Mountain Biking. This is crazy. Uh, Enduro Mountain Biking won by Cecilia Ravenel. Only one day, but tons of racing. Um loads of action grapes media go to um check, check it all out um lovely lovely media cape epic um won by uh one by uh esther seuss and uh jenny stenahag really good for jenny stenahag after she had to pull out last year with heart problems mm. she had to have a heart her heart she had a heart heart condition cape epic see i thought cape epic was the most epic thing because that's like an eight stage uh an eight-stage mountain bike race in South Africa, and it's just stunning, spectacular, um, ridden in teams of two. But, you know, it's, like, unfortunate for Cape Epic that it's on at the same week as India Pacific Road Race because, you know, <laughs> it's like... But they, they finish the day, and they're all in, like, this tent village, and people feed them, and... Yeah. and, and they know, can and get they have massages showers and stuff, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they get there's massages on site, and they get showers, and they <laughs> sleep in tents. So, you know, you know, like... Yeah. All yeah. Those More, like, like, epically luxurious... Uh. (laughs) (laughs) and it's um yeah so they uh they uh it's 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 (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was the sound of everyone in south africa just wanting to punch me (laughs) yeah um it's an amazing race like i don't want to um i don't want to diss uh the 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 k-pep at all because it's Mm. extraordinary the mixed pairs was won by uh, jenny risfeds of who's the olympic champion in mountain bike now um i did notice that mariana voss was watching this race very closely and so I am slightly I think that Mariana Voss might have been watching the Cape Epic and wanting to ride it herself because right. she was very much enjoying she's been very much enjoying it on social media there's tons of great videos on the Cape Cape Epic do a really good like you can literally relive every stage tons of photos um yep all sorts lots of lots of results videos, and, uh, and videos stuff yeah writer reports tons of videos tons of photo galleries we've got links to them on our site pro um yeah <sighs> that was this week. Yeah, it's been a huge week, but it's—I mean—it doesn't stop. It's going to be big next week as well. 
um do check out the the links and everything in the post uh there's lots to see there's a few things that we go- aren't going to have time to talk to you about now but it's still worth checking out as always you can help make this even better by going to patreon.com slash women's cycling where for a couple of bucks a month you can contribute to keeping sarah warm in winter cool in summer and in cycling always um, we won't be here next week because I will be in the Netherlands unless I can find a way to podcast with Dan from the Netherlands. We're living the... with the uncertainty principle in that regard as well. If we can, we will. If we can't, we'll just double up next time. But do watch the Healthy Aging Tour. It's going to be live every day. Every stage is going to be live. The junior race is going to be live. Um, not just live, but also um, are, you know held on the site on Podium TV. So if you miss it live, you can then rewatch it. It's a lovely race. It's um five days six stages uh four days in north netherlands one day in borkham this amazing wadden island yeah uh, it's always a super attacky race it's unfortunate for energy walk that it's between flanders and, uh, <laughs> and ardennes week um because i mean that is unfortunate for it isn't is. it so it's not it's not got the same huge number of teams as it as it nor as it normally has but it still has some really bloody good teams there um so please 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 follow energy walk tour, sorry healthy aging tour damn it i've got to get that right before i go out next week um yeah which is uh it, it finishes on the 9th then amstel gold is on the 16th uh flesh wallon is on the 19th and omloop um Omnic van Borsley is on the 22nd, which is a sprint race, and Liège is on the 23rd. Now, please, if you want to see, we don't know if we're going to get to see any of, of Arden's week. We're pretty sure we can get to see Amstel, but it's not been confirmed um, 100% of what we get. Like, yeah, yeah, we'll show the finish. We don't know what that means. We don't think we're going to get to see anything of Flesh Wallon or Liège. Please, please use We Want, uh, we want F. WF live for Flesh Wall on Femmes. We want Liège Baston Liège. We want LBLF live. If we can use those hashtags, please, if you just do one thing this week, just take five minutes, find um, the, uh, the the media of your choice, whether by email or Twitter or Facebook or whatever. Email would be very good, actually, um, to contact the ASO to ask, will we see Flesh Wall on and Liège Baston Liège live? Indeed. Just take five minutes. Then, if they don't show it, if they don't show the finish, at least we can say we've tried. At least we can say we tried, and and and, and, and also we can we can know that we have helped to build a case for for future coverage. Um, yeah, you know. there is literally no downturn to no no disadvantage to trying to get live women's racing because these are these are amazing races, amazing riders. What we don't want is to be sitting there at home thinking about Hen- like we did with Hen- Web Elgem with ama- this amazing finale that's invisible. Um, Paget Hills Classic doesn't have a race website. You know, we want to see we want to see these races live. So please, 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 I've put a post up about this on ProWomenCycling.com, and you can go to that, and it gives. I've put the contact details of how you can contact them, um, and just ask. There's literally no downside to it. So, um, the American UCI season starts with a Joe Martin stage race presented mm. by Nature Valley. Starts on the 30th tomorrow, and it runs to the 2nd of April. 
um in america that's awesome and then they have the uh tour of the gila from the 19th of april to the 23rd which is a um a desert race with extraordinary landscapes in silver city and it's and it's great so you know if you're a us if you're a fan of usa racing racing there's that and if you're a fan of usa racing the usa crits start in april with speed week amazing which is in, in in about the third week of april so there's lots and lots and lots of racing to watch live and you know i i I, I know I sound over optimistic, but we've had the most live racing yet. We still need to fight for Liège and for Flesh. Uh, the ASO famously isn't that isn't 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 is it just isn't into us as much yep. as we're into them. Um, but yeah, it's a fantastic season. I'm going to write a little bit more about this um, on part of my on part of my journeys. Um, yeah, cool. and if you want to follow me on my adventures, I'm on at pw cycling where i will tweak things or you can follow me at at underscore pigeons underscore which will be the kind of more personal stuff about oh i really like this tree look at this interesting <laughs> reflection and you do generally, like a lot of trees that's true yeah yeah and you know and and general weeping over brexit but yes <laughs> thank you very much for listening and um we will catch up with you as soon as we're able to in the meantime enjoy the amazing racing oh! Yeah, come to our site. Check out things like the um, the, the Ella Cycling Tips, um, how to do tum- how to do Tinder for cyclists, which is great. I didn't think I'd like it because I generally don't like a how to do Tinder article, but I really like theirs. And you can also see Emma Pooley's bespoke bike things that she's doing uh are so exciting so you know there's lots lots go to our site there's like more of a thousand things more than we've talked about because <laughs> oh my god cobbles <laughs> think about and stop watching compulsively and me crying because i'm out of signal and i don't know where sarah is or where juju is and who's who's ahead christoph or mike oh my god what's going to happen <laughs> <laughs>